Welcome to another episode of the Great White Buffalo Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Mayfield, and today's episode is pretty, pretty awesome. I'm here with Nathan Dickens. It's just the two of us in the studio today, and this episode, we get a little deep. You know, we talk about a lot of really heartfelt things that are just just on our hearts and on our minds, and um, we talk a little bit about scripture, we talk a little bit about life, we talk about the ups, we talk about the downs. I think this episode is really heartfelt. And I think you would really love it. And the, the basis of the message is just that you are loved, you are valued, and you are known. And those are the three key things we just want you to know as a listener, that you are loved, you are valued, and you are known. But before we get to the episode, I just want to say thank you all so much for listening. I, I'm always amazed because, you know, I look at the statistics of like the episodes where they tell you what they're downloaded and stuff, and it's just like growing and growing and growing. And it's like, what in the world? Like... And then I have random people that I don't really know go, hey, you're the Buffalo guy, aren't you? And I was like, uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know what that means. He's like, yeah, let's do your podcast. Really good episode. And they'll name some random episode that we did like a year ago. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Or they'll listen to an episode where I'm like, hey, like, you know, have some fan interaction. And then they'll like interact. And I'm going, hey, man, that was, uh, that was almost 18 months ago. I don't remember exactly what I said in that podcast. But that's cool, man. It's awesome. And so I just want to say I just love the fact that people are listening. And it, I know for a fact that podcasts get spread by word of mouth. So thank you for spreading the word of mouth for people to go listen. Go and tell your friends or your your family or your coworkers or whoever. Thank you for spreading the word. And I appreciate the social media shout outs that we get. Um, I know uh, a couple uh, you know followers on the Great White Buffalo Instagram have given us some shout outs. So I just appreciate all the love that y'all give us. It is a hobby. It's a passion of mine to do this podcast, to to have this little studio in my house that we make these episodes. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for the love and support. But without further ado, I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Great White Buffalo Podcast. Wandering through the great plains of life, things move fast, sometimes a blur. Don't you let this bumpy road separate you from the herd. And when you think the day is done, the sun is getting low. We're all looking for something rare, the great white buffalo, the great white buffalo. Podcast with Ben Mayfield. Welcome to another episode of the Great White Buffalo Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Mayfield. And ladies and gentlemen, you're in for another treat. It's the dynamic duo. It's the two of a kind. It's my wingman, the Chewbacca to my Han Solo, the Bert and Ernie, mm-hmm. the PB&J. The, what are some other dynamic two people I'm trying to think here? Walker and Texas Ranger. Yep, Shake and Bake. Shake and Bake. I'm trying to think. Jason and Tommy from the Power Rangers. That's Captain America and Iron Man. If we, if one of us, it, well, let me introduce you. It's Mr. Nathan Dickens. How are you, Nathan? I'm great. How are you doing, Ben? Well, so glad. If one of us had to be Iron Man and one of us had to be Captain America, who is who? That's a great question, and I, I kind of would want to be Iron Man. Hmm. Um, but there's a part of me that almost feels like maybe you would be Iron Man. I don't know. I think that's a really good question. I think that's up to our listeners, honestly. Uh, Which one's Captain America? Yeah, I mean, I like We're, Captain. I like them both. Both but, military kids. You're a little yeah. more. You're more of a military. I say more. Uh, you just had to move more because your dad was active army. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of that Captain America vein. I do have a podcast, which is kind of technological. You advanced. do, you do, and I'm not good with technology at all. So, which is literally the core of Iron Man. It, it is. I'm just saying. I think the idea of Iron Man is just so cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, but yeah, but but you're right. I mean, you you have more of the tech technology vein and all that. And I would be totally okay with being Captain America. But I mean, the there's job. no bad choice here. Let's just say that no bad choice at all. We'll let people decide. Also, wild card. I wish ultimately I was Thor. Because Thor, <laughs> who doesn't? I mean, is the best from Thor. So Ragnarok. hot. <laughs> he's, so, he's so hot. Um, so today's episode, I don't know. Nathan and I were talking about what to 
just kind of discuss on today's episode. And last episode that y'all heard that he did, uh, Nathan and I did, we did a little bit more of a comical. We talked about the the lottery. We talked about a little bit of the mission trip. We went on to South Dakota. Yep, yep, we did. we're going to do more of that when Chris Davis is here. Mm-hmm. And the three of us are going to dive into that topic of yep. working with the Lakota tribe. But Nathan, I want to start off asking you this question because it's something that I think maybe people listen to, they themselves go with, and I want to dive into it. And you're kind of not being my therapist, but we're we're going to talk about some topics that I feel like we can just flesh out. Okay. And like, and it's not just me. Like, I yes, I am going through it, but I also like am being little uh, introspective of where I can also answer yeah. a question that maybe I also ask is seasons that, of our life that we go Ooh, through. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think sometimes we equate seasons with physical seasons. You know, there's fall, yeah. winter, spring, summer. And when there's spiritual seasons, I believe they don't last just as much as the physical seasons. You could have a season that lasts a year, two years, three yeah. years long. Like, you know, don't try to go, well, the fall's over, so my season's different. That's not necessarily how it works. Um, but I'm in a season right now where I'm really trying to decide the next chapter of my life. And I'm at a crossroad where I'm not unhappy with my job, mm-hmm. you know, for those who listen. I love my job. And I'm pretty good at it. Like, I, I love doing youth ministry. I love working with students, high schoolers and middle schoolers. I love middle school age. That's, like, my prime. But high schoolers are so awesome. They're fun. We're doing really great ministry right now. But I kind of have, like, I've, and this could be a personality thing, but I like doing something different. I feel like maybe I've mastered, not mastered it, but I've done what I feel like I've done the challenge of youth ministry, and I've proven that I can grow a program, I can build strong relationships, we do great ministry work together, we're serving the Lord, but I feel like there's, I need to go be doing something different, or something, a change of scenery, and I'm trying to really discern whether it's, well, Ben, you don't know where to go, so like, yeah. let's discern where, like, you know, if there is something else, or is it just... Well, Ben, you just want to do something different. Is that really what God's called me to do, or should I be exactly where I'm at? Does that yeah. make sense? Oh yeah, no, that that totally makes sense. I think seasons are an interesting thing, and they, there's it's weird because life is full of different seasons. There's things that happen in different seasons that we would have never expected, or we would have never planned. Things that kind of just happen to us. Um, and then you're right, seasons can last a lot longer than just a day, a two, a few months, a year, three, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. There's also a part of being comfortable that can be um, difficult and not really growing. Um, there's a part of being comfortable that can be a blessing from the Lord. Right. Um, there's a lot of different, different things. I think with seasons, something I've been thinking about a lot lately, is the lordship of Jesus in our lives, and who is really the Lord of our lives, because there's a heavy weight there, yeah, um, and a a lot of trust, and we don't like to talk about it, it's not very PC, and in fact, whenever I say the lordship, a lot of people think it's this oppressive thing, and it's this uh, thing that... Uh, if if you don't do if you don't check the boxes if you don't mm-hmm. do this um, and we we want to a lot of times with the lordship it's like okay like I talked about last night at Wesley I talked about uh, for those who don't know that's a college ministry it's a college ministry yeah, yeah. and uh, we were talking out of Matthew and and talking about when it uh, when it essentially dying to oneself but becoming alive in Christ. Whenever we we hear that at first, it's like, okay, what what do I have to die to? What do I have to get rid of? What do I, you know, have to do more of in order for that to happen? And what I think more importantly is the heart posture of our lives of of submitting our under God's authority and lordship that we will follow after Him. I was telling the story. I was uh, I was in uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, last week. Mm-hmm. for this conference. I was with some people and it got about 11:45. <clears throat> and we wanted Taco Bell. 
And so we were nice. like, all right, who's going to go drive to get Taco Bell? And of course, you know, I was like, you know what? I'll just Uber Eats it, guys. Like, don't worry. <laughs> and so we Uber Eats it, but I didn't realize the Taco Bell that was only a mile away. We could have been there in five minutes, like nothing. But that Taco Bell closed at 12. What Taco Bell closes at 12? But either way. So I ordered it. And the nearest driver was like 15, 20 minutes away. And I was like, this is going to be tight. Well, they don't get there in time to pick up the order. So we're sitting there waiting, and I'm kind of like, oh, gosh, we got to wait to see if they're going to pick it up first. And it kept saying that the driver was there, was picking up, but then it said it wasn't. So by the time that I realized the Taco Bell closed before we got there um, or before our driver got there, it was like 12.30, and we were still hungry. And we could have, you know, we had to be up early for this conference, whatever. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to go get us some Taco Bell. And the nearest Taco Bell was like four or five miles away. So I got my car. So, wait, there's more than one Taco Bell. Yeah, I mean, there's always more than one Taco yeah, Bell. Yeah, it's Murfreesboro. Sure. You know, it's right near out, outside of Nashville. So I drive to that Taco Bell. I get us our order. It takes me, you know, the line is forever long because it's late at night and the only place it's open. So then I get back. It's like 12.45, 1 o'clock. And I walk in and... You know, I, I put the food down. I'm like, not all heroes wear capes, everybody. You know, just laughing, having a good time. Um, but the thing and everybody's was... everybody's awake still? Yeah, which was surprising. Yeah. I, was, I thought everybody would be asleep, and I'd have to eat all this Taco Bell myself, or our hotel room would smell like pure Taco Bell. But all that to be said was, nothing that night was going to, like, keep us from getting Taco Bell. I was going to get us some freaking Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. And the way that I think about it, like the lordship of God, like what what's the th- it, what's keeping us, or why aren't we wanting the Lord? Like that night at the Taco Bell, nothing was going to keep me from. I was going to get right. that Taco Bell if I was going to get to the next Taco Bell and it was going to be closed. I was not coming back to that hotel room without Taco Bell. I wanted to get us Taco Bell. I want to see. I was going to get that Taco Bell. The way we look at. God, a lot of times, even, you know, we're in the Bible Belt, but that really doesn't mean much anymore in our culture. Being a Christian and going to church really doesn't mean much in our, our culture, as sad as that is. Like, especially in the South, that's just what you do. And it's really easy to regulate, okay, dying to myself, picking up my cross, following Jesus. Okay, what do I have to do? What what do I have to not do? We check off the box. It, it becomes... Um, routine. Uh, well, it, it becomes something that we earn. We think oh. the gospel in, in not living in God's grace, now we've likened it to cheap grace, and we, um, I don't know why I'm blanking on this word, but we it becomes right. faith, it becomes works righteousness. That's what I was thinking of. And the thing is... Uh, what, do you say, what do you mean when you say works? Works righteousness, righteousness. is this idea that uh, whatever I do, so what I what I do makes me righteous in the mm. sense that I can earn God's grace and love by being a better person or by not doing certain things. Mm. Okay, but that's that a different is, angle that I thought you were going with that. Yeah, that that is not the gospel at all. Because I thought you were going with the angle with a sense of like sometimes in today I've noticed with with high school students in my ministry is. That sometimes people want, you know, they describe God as a friend or a guide or, you know, a person that's there when they're when they're sad and it becomes like a convenient God. But when you ask God to be the Lord of your life where he determines what you're supposed yeah. to be doing, you're going, well, you know, well, I, well, I'm because a Lord of there's, my life. Well, there's a shift in the, especially the that's way that we view, well, the way we view power and authority, mm-hmm. we think of it like, okay, whether you... Uh, not to get super political, whether or not you like a Donald Trump or the president or whoever it is, you think of power and authority as this oppressive thing, and they're just putting their thumb down, and they're making you do certain things how they want you to do it. Our God's not that way. Our God has a way of living that if, <coughs> excuse me, that if we read Scripture is the Christian God it actually is saying, if you follow my way, I want to give you life and life abundantly. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. That it's it's not easy as in the sense of like, okay, um, like it's, it's counterintuitive to what our, like we want to be 
our own gods and lords. Oh, so, absolutely. And I know I feel like I'm jumping around, but I promise I'll wrap it, like, I'll, I'll bring it all together. Adam and Eve, what happens with Adam and Eve? They eat the apple or whatever fruit it was from the tree that God said, you can eat from everything, but you can't eat there. And a lot of us kind of not scoff at it, but we're like, Adam and Eve, could you not just follow that one rule? Don't be stupid. But we forget the serpent came in and said, you're not going to die if you eat this. You're actually going to become like God. And essentially what what the, the snake deceives them into thinking is, you can become your own God. You don't need a God. You can determine what you want to do. If you eat this, you'll become like God, which means you'll be your own God. You can figure out your own way of life. You don't need someone to, to give you direction or guide or to worship. You don't need, you can become your own God. And they're deceived into thinking, well, we don't, why do we need a God? So they eat the apple. They realize they are not God. Even though they're made in His image, they are not God. And sin enters into the world, but we're still deceived into this day to think we can do it all ourselves. I mean, look at the American dream. Pick your, like, pull up your own boots and tie your boots by your own bootstraps or whatever it is. I don't know. Like, you, if you want it, you can earn it. You can be whatever. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever. To manifest. And, and, yeah. and it, the whole thing is that you, you can become your own God, you can determine everything that you want for yourself. And so it starts, like, we're still following in that same trap as Adam and Eve. Like, you can, you want it, you can do it. And there's a certain level of it that I think is very good and, and not inherently evil and, and can be true. But it's under, the, it's under the authority of God and letting God lord your life. So I can be a successful businessman. But as I become a businessman, I need to treat people with respect and love and have grace and have mercy and not try to get revenge on people or hate on people or what. living as God is my Lord. It's not, okay, well, I'm going to become a businessman and successful, and I'm going to cut whatever corners I can. I don't care about who's in my way, but I'm going to make it. Mm -hmm. But that's how we usually view things. So anyways, we come back to starting to talk about seasons. And I think a lot of times there's a there's a holy discontentment there's that that God wrestles with us that we're a little discontent with with maybe where we're at and what's going on and that that's okay that's fine right. um, comfortability is not inherently evil but the whole point of it and what I'm trying to get at is if we will submit to the lordship of Jesus if we will submit to the lordship of God and really let him determine our life. The beautiful thing about that, it, it's not oppressing us. It's not withholding from us. It's actually giving the freedom for us to let go and just follow God and then allow God to determine our steps. Now, that doesn't mean that we throw up our hands and just say, well, if it's God's will, it'll happen or it won't. No, you still got to work. You don't be lazy. You still got to put some things in motion, you still got to have those things happen. But you, you are some, you, it let goes of the, the worry. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times when we try to control things, what, and, and we're trying to be our own gods and we have to make things work, you know, something we really, really want, relationships, jobs, all these things, we want to make them work. We want them. And when we try to control them, it's easy for us to, um, freak out when things don't don't go the way you thought yeah um it's it's easy to continue to hold on to something while you like you should be letting go and just letting god determine your steps and and follow him it's it's this wrestling and then you can become very controlling manipulative all this type of stuff right but what happens when we can submit under the authority of god and let him be our lord doesn't mean that there's not sadness doesn't mean that there's not pain it doesn't mean that it becomes easy as like oh well if it's god's will it's god's will there are a lot of things that i don't believe are god's will Mm -hmm. but we can trust and let go and in that we can we can find a lot of peace in life so when you talk about seasons i'll wrap this up real quick if we can just submit under god's lordship and trust in him 
there is actually a lot of freedom in that, knowing that God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and even though we might not understand it, we don't feel like we have to control things. So if you're feeling like, man, what what's what's next in my life? You know, I'm starting to feel maybe a, a little holy discontentment, maybe, but you know what? I have peace knowing that if I love God with everything, and I love my neighbor as myself, and I just take, because all we have, Scripture tells us this, is this moment. I could get in my car, drive home after this podcast, something terrible happened, and me not exist. I can't say, okay, well, in six months, I'm going to go do that. We plan and we do all, but we don't really have ultimate control. There's a lot of freedom in letting go and saying, like, okay, God, if it's your will, if it's your way, let me just follow you today, and then God will lead your steps and what, what goes on. And in that, whatever season we're at, even if it's a difficult season, I mean, look at look at all the Old Testament prophets. I mean, a lot of them went through depression. They went through times like Elijah. Elijah was so depressed, he wanted to, for God to take him. He was suicidal. You know, you got Job. Samson. Job was doing all, the, uh, all these... Yeah, Samson all these... committed suicide. I mean, all these... Uh, like, the, it doesn't mean that when we submit, now everything's just perfect, easy. There's this idea that... Now that I have Jesus, oh, life is, should be easy, and it's just joyful and all that. No, but there's a peace that surpasses all understanding, knowing that God is in control, even when I don't understand, even when I don't... So when you're in those seasons, if we can submit to that lordship, again, doesn't always make it easy, and maybe there won't be direct answers like, Ben, go do this, or you go do that, but we can trust, and in that, it can help alleviate a lot of us, our worry and our, our 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 wanting and desire to be our own Lord, our own God, and control and do all that. And so I say, with those seasons, just take a breath, slow down, and trust that God is moving. And in that moving, then I can just follow Him with each day that I'm given, mm-hmm. and that it will lead me to the places that I need to be. That was a uh... That was powerful. I just talked about this last night, and I went on for way too long. I, I yeah. was very just like... Well, no, I, I like that a lot. You know, one of the things that popped in my mind was this visual of, like, if you get in a car, you know, you're here in North Georgia, Dahlonega, Georgia, and someone said, drive to Portland, Oregon, but you can't use, like, any technology. Or you decide not to use any technology. I can drive... And it will take me a while, but I can figure it out. I'll probably get lost. I'll probably go the wrong way. I'll probably not go the fastest route or the, you know, the quickest route. I may, you know, get a flat tire. I may, you know, run out of money. I may do all these things trying to figure out how to get there. Whereas God is like this navigation tool for your car and it helps you get there. Um, and he guides you, and you learn, you know, how to follow his path versus your own path. And I think sometimes we just are really stubborn and don't want to submit to the lordship of God. And I think it's, it is, and what's weird about it is, I think there's some areas in our life that we are willing to, and some areas that we're not. For example, like career-wise, I'm I'm good. Wherever the Lord wants me to work, I'll work. If the Lord wants me to work in student ministry, great. If He wants me to work in a in the school world, great. Camp ministry, I would love to work in camp ministry. If He wants me to work in college ministry, I would love to. Or it takes me out of ministry, wants me to go be a podcast host full time. God, I will submit to whatever You have for me professionally. I will totally just do. You just like speak to my heart. I'll follow it. I may not know exactly what it is right now. I don't know what job he wants me to apply for or go for, but I'll totally go serve where you want me to serve in that aspect of my life. Uh, the second part that I'm kind of struggling with is the personal side mm-hmm. of, like, God, like, I really want to be in a relationship. Like, I want a girlfriend. I want to get married one day. Like, that is a desire in my heart, more yeah. so now than it ever has been because I was – for the longest time, just love being single, yeah. traveling, working, having fun with the friends. Uh, but as people have moved away and gotten older, it's like, man, I, I want to come home to 
a wife and yeah. joke and have fun and and work together and and, and build our relationship and and love life together. Uh, I want to start a family one day, and so that part is like God. I I'm willing to. Those are my desires, my heart, and I, I really want those things. But it's am I willing to submit and like really pray about? Well, it's not just okay, Ben. It's great that you're ready for it now, but it may not be for another year or two years or yeah. three years because it's, I still need it. the Lord of my life may not want me on that track right now because he has some other plans for me. And so that part of my life, am I willing to submit? And so, you know, you're talking about this lordship. I think one of the words I would, I would, I would add to it is this holistic idea of, are you going to submit to God on a holistic level and not just on a partial level? Yeah, uh, and that, that's essentially, that's lordship. Like, they, you are lord of my life. It doesn't, and here's the thing, is that, again, it's not like, okay, I submit, and you're my Lord, and now everything's easy, and everything's going to to be easy or make sense, or that I'm going to get every desire of my life. Like, stuff still happens in life that sucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, just straight up, and that doesn't make much sense. Death is still a part of our reality. Painful. Sickness, Painful. all that. Yeah. It, and we don't escape that. Even as, as we become Christians, we don't escape that in this life. Mm-hmm. And so when when God becomes the Lord of our life, one, okay, God, I'll do whatever you, you call me to. Well, God's calling you to something right now. So how are you stewarding what you have right now? Okay, God, you know, if you call me to, to do this, I'll, I'll, you know, I want to steward that well. Or if you do that or do that, well, what are, what are you doing right now that God's called you to? And sometimes, if we're not careful... We think of kind of the end goals. Well, God, if you want me to be, uh, you know, the the a CEO, or you want me to do this, you want me to do this. Well, God's called you to be in high school right now, or he's you're in college, or you're working at Burger King, or and there's nothing wrong with that, or you're whatever it is. How are you stewarding what God's given you now? Mm-hmm. And then the relationship piece. Well, if is, I may, real quick. Yes, yes. Because I, I, I'm a big um, proponent of ministry is a day by day basis. Yeah, it, it's not like whatever you're at on a Tuesday at three o'clock is just as important to be a ministry to love people to be yeah relevant with your relationship with God at that point than it is you know on a Sunday. I think sometimes people get into this idea of like, oh, I'll be you know, I'm having a rough day or I'm having a rough week or, you know, I'll love people when I go to that retreat or when I'm like with my friends. I think you just said that with like wherever yeah. you're at, wherever you're at, whatever day it is, whatever time it is, that's an opportunity to show Jesus right then and there. Well, and, and it's just about allowing God to work through where you're at right now because we have, especially in this Western mindset, well, once I get my certain degree or once I get my dream job or once I get my spouse, or once I get my kids, then life starts, then things make sense, then all that. No, it happens right now, because Tim Keller's book, The Meaning of Marriage, it's Mm. really top-notch, but one of the things that he says in there that I really love, he talks about like, hey, you know life isn't about being married or being single, it's it's just about serving God. And, And I've gotten to a point in my life where there's still desires that I want, and unmet desires are still hard. Like, that's a part of Peter Scazzerzo talks about us in emotionally healthy spirituality. Our emotions make us human beings. And a lot of times we want to shut off our emotions. We think, okay, we got if we want to serve the Lord, we shut off our emotions and our disappointments and our hurts and our wounds. No, God wants every bit of us. So there's still times in our lives where there may be unmet um, desires. And that doesn't mean that okay, well, I just need to submit to God, so I need to kill my desires and do all that, and if God, if it does, no, like, we still pray about it, we still desire it, and those are good things. And so there are still unmet desires in my life, but getting to the point of really sitting and saying, you know what, I'd like these things to happen in life. But even if they didn't, God is good, and God is still Lord, and even mm-hmm. if those never happened in my life, that that will suck. 
Like it, yeah. it, it, it would suck, but I know that God is a good God and he's not withholding. He's actually giving me life and life abundantly. And in that, it goes to, okay, you know what? Life goes by real quick. And so why not use, like, why not be where I'm at? Doesn't mean I take, like, again, my desires for something more or a different job or a spouse or a girlfriend or whatever, boyfriend, whatever it is that that you have desires of. It's not cutting that out or dismissing it or thinking, like, less of it. It just means thinking of God more and allowing God to move where you're at at the moment you have and then eventually those things, like, I mean, think about it, Ben. 13, 14, 15, 16 years ago, while I'm playing varsity soccer and you're running up and down the line being the ball boy in middle school, if we had known that we'd be sitting here doing what we're doing, there's a lot of things that we probably wouldn't have stressed over or tried to control or do. We probably would have been like, okay, it's gonna, it's gonna be it, things good. are going to be okay. And if we could have hindsight, if we could see maybe 30, 40, 50 years in the, in the future, we hope that we would get to a place of saying, you know what, it, it's going to be good. The worst part is to think about, man, I don't want to get 30, 40, 50 years down the road if I even live for 50 more years and say, I wasted my life trying to control everything and try to get everything that I want and try to... like. I wasted life Mm -hmm. thinking that it was about accruing all this stuff or getting the next promotion or, or, you know, okay, well, if I want the next promotion, then I've got to work 50, 60, 70 hours, 80 hours a week, and I've got to not be around my family, and I've got to push hard to do all... When really... And again, that's not to say there's not times of working hard and you just be lazy and it's just going to be given to you. No, it's to say, okay... God is God, and I don't have to to compromise my morals and become normal and do the normal stuff. No, I, I really want to just follow God and allow Him to be the Lord of my life, and I'm going to follow that trusting that God is going to provide even when it doesn't make sense, even when it's hard, but I'm going to love Him and be with Him. And I think in that, there's a lot of trust and there's a lot of freedom in all of that. One of the things, too, I've been thinking about is this past couple of weeks, I've had some uh, some th- challenging things. Some people okay. maybe challenging me and uh, attacking, if I use that word, yeah. and coming at me pretty hard. And, and it's been upsetting. And I feel like anybody who's listening has probably had times where Maybe it's uh, friendships, maybe it's family, maybe it's a coworker, or you know, maybe just a situational type you're in yeah. where you feel attacked, or you feel like it's overwhelming, or uh, you know, it just feels very stressful. All those little emotions that come with that. And one of the things that you know you kind of talk about with you know we're talking about lordship or seasons is I've really had just like. You know, each time something happens, I go, oh, my God, like, you know, I go through my normal steps of, like, am I a terrible person? Am I, did I do this wrong? Am I, uh, did I do all these things? And, and each time I go through those, like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, like five or ten questions you just ask yourself. And then, you know, you talk to, like, your close, you know, confidants, like, you know, help me out here, be a soundboard. And each time that I've kind of, like, have have dealt with that, I realize, okay, like, no, you didn't do something wrong. No, this person maybe has their own issues. But also one of the things that pops up in my mind and my heart that kind of calms me down a little bit is, like, Jesus sits on the throne, and he still sits on the throne. Whatever you go through, guess where he's at? He's still on the throne. Like, the kingdom of heaven is still there. It did not fall down. It did not get yeah. crumbled up. It didn't go away. And so it's been kind of like this freeing aspect of the last, you know, like month or so of just like God is good mm-hmm. and God is great. And and no matter what I'm going through, yes, it's real. Like it's hurtful and like I'm dealing with the emotions or whatever it may be or stress or, or whatever it may be. I know the answer. And it calms me, and like it helps me get through it. And it's like Jesus is there for me. Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is good. 
And so that's that's been great. And so with that, kind of the recent going through that stuff has helped me also kind of discern a little bit of like, well, I don't know what the next step is. Is the next step going to that job or this job or is it to yeah. move? Is it this career? It's like, well, it's the same answer when you were in that stressful moment. It's the same answer when you're kind of in this exploratory, you know, exploratory moment of life of like, God is still good. God still sits on the throne. Mm-hmm. You'll like, it's going to be okay. Just be with him and listen to him and let him guide you. And it's going to be pretty awesome. Well, and there's even that level of like, even if it's not okay in my standards, God is still good. That's a, that's a hard thing to think about. So like my freshman, my freshman year of college, I was going to West Georgia and, uh, I would go about once a week, pretty much weekly, the first semester, I'd go see my nana and papaw. I love my nana and papaw. They've always been a big part of my life. Mom's parents? Yeah, my mom's yeah. parents. I go to Atlanta. And I remember as the semester, my, my papaw, that's the, they live off of Briarcliff, or used to live off of Briarcliff in Atlanta, across from Lakeside High School in Echo Woods. And me being a military kid and moving around, that was the one consistent home my whole life. My my dad's dad moved a couple different places, and my grandmother's house was in Birmingham. She was there, I think. She was living somewhere else and then got remarried, but she was at this one house pretty much my whole life. But my Nana Papaw's has been the one house that's consistent. And uh, my Papaw used to stay in the driveway and always wave when we left. That's just what he always did. Just so sweet, and I love it. I can still picture him in my head. But as I started to go see him more my freshman year, he started looking a little, just a little sickly. Just kept looking a little more sick. I remember one time I was over at their house. And my papa was, uh, uh, just didn't look as good. And we were talking about some stuff, and my nano just kept saying, "Oh, he's all right. He's just, you know, he might be just a little sick, but he's he's all right. He's all right." But I remember leaving, and he just. The last couple times, he just didn't look that good, but he would just, you could tell in his face that he just was a little more concerned. And he was just, he would linger a little bit longer outside and wave to you. Well, he got diagnosed right before my freshman, like, I think it was November. I think it was November he got diagnosed with cancer. It just took over his whole body. He did one chemo treatment, and then it was like, I'm trying to remember, it was during finals, got a call from my mom. She said, hey, Papaw's at Emory. Doesn't look good. So I'm going to take this final. I'm a, I'll, I'll be over there. Got to the hospital that night. My aunts and uncles were there. My Nana was there. A couple of my cousins were there. I remember walking in the room, my Nana, or my mom saying, hey, Daddy, uh, Nathan's here. And he was alive, but he just, he was in a lot of pain, and he just wasn't, he was there, but wasn't there. Kind of elusive. Yeah. yeah. And so I stayed there for a couple hours, and it got late. My mom said, Nathan, why don't you just go back to their house? I'll text you if anything changes. So, all right. It's like 2 or 3 in the morning. So I'm driving down Briarcliff. I'm crying. This is my Aunt Christy died when I was young. She was like 21, 22. But, is that your mom's sister? Yeah, oh, my wow. mom's sister. She died in a car wreck. Um, but I was pretty young. Mm-hmm. Um, it was still sad, but I was I was really young, and this was going to be one of the first times that, I mean, I'm eight, I'm nineteen at the time. Like I'm, I'm understanding a little bit more of like I'm taking all that in. This is someone that I've loved and respected and just cared about so much. And uh, I was driving back to their house, and my mom texted me about ten minutes down the road. I'm almost to their house. She said, "Hey." Papaw died. <clears throat> now, I remember praying, going down Briarcliff. I remember praying just like, God, I, I want you to... It, it was kind of the good Christian prayers of like, I want you to heal him, but I, and, and whatever that is, whatever that looks like, I want your will to be done, but I, I want you to heal him. I remember getting to my Nana Papaw's. I walk into the living room. I lay on the couch. I'm by myself. Um, just sitting there, all the memories, knowing my papaw was gone. And I was just sitting there, and I was like, I mean, I was sad. I was crying. People, it was, uh, it was about 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. People just started coming over to the house. No one was home yet. 
Um, I'm just sitting there. I'm crying. People are coming in. You know, I loved your pet ball stuff. I have no idea who these people are. I knew some of them, but some of them I had no idea. Well, people are pouring in. I'm thinking it's 7 o'clock. I was like, I guess I should cook a breakfast. So in I'm, the morning? Yeah, man. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. he died late, late that night. But right. they, I mean, they were all older people. So, yeah. of course, they were awake. They're up at 5 a.m. Yeah, and they, I guess they wanted to be there for my Nana. But no one was home yet. It was just me. So I'm, uh, I was like, well, I guess I should cook people breakfast. I'm trying to cook breakfast. It's like, it's in the morning. I'm burning everything. I'm just, I'm just, I'm out of it. I'm just crying all this. And so I stay there for most of the day. And. A lot of people kept coming in and out. It was sad. And I was like, I, I just can't stay here another night. Like, I just need to go. I'm going to go home. So I drove up to Dahlonega. I knew the house would be empty. And I was driving up. I was just crying. I Like, I love my papa. I love my nana. And I was just crying. And I'm driving up. I remember praying to God. And I, I, I was hurt. I was sad. <clears throat> but I remember thinking something just, I think it, God just hit me with it. That there was this overwhelming peace, even though I, I mean I was bawling, like I could barely see the lines in the road, mm-hmm. like I mean I was bawling. One of those cries, just no no music on, just windows down, listening. But I remember thinking, God is good. This wasn't what I wanted. It's not what I desired. But I know God is good. And there was this overwhelming peace that. Even the things in life that I want, and they don't happen the way that I want them to, there was this overwhelming trust and peace that I'm glad I'm not in control. Yeah, I would do some things different. Yeah, I wouldn't want some things the way they are. But I know that God is a good God. He's not an evil God. And I knew God was breaking with me. Mm-hmm. God was God was sad that I was sad that God was sad that my papa was gone because you got to remember death was not written into the original script of the world again like God knew what was going to happen with Adam and Eve he is all knowing he's sovereign he's all powerful but God did not want us to to die in sickness and pain and hurt and and anger and uh, uh, revenge and all all the harsh you know people getting abused that was that's not god and so i knew god was hurting with me cuz god hurts like god is not this non-compassionate super deity that not a cold god no he he's yeah. he's a compassionate loving warm caring god and i knew that god was with me and i knew that even though there's going to be a lot of things in life that I'm not going to understand. I mean, my papa was only 72. And I mean, not to get in, you know, to dig your stuff out, but you went through that with your mom. Mm -hmm. She died way too young and you were young. And like, the thing is, is that it, things are not going to happen the way that we always want them. And they're not going to be fair. And, and there's, you can't just, uh, theologize, well, I guess it's just God's will for that to happen, so it's all good. No, that's not how this works. Like, we are human beings with emotions, and it hurts, and pains, and all these things. But I knew deep down that God was good, and there was this overwhelming peace. Right. And the only, you know, the only way that you know that, spending time with people in community, really thinking about life, not uh, being distracted just by social medias and doing all, you're not going to find compassion and grace and mercy in this world outside of God, the Christian God. And, and anyways, our hope when he becomes our Lord and we submit to it is we realize our hope is not in what this world can give us, what this temporal time on this earth can give us. Our hope is in Jesus Christ, what he's given us not only in salvation, but life and life abundantly, and that there will be a time where there will be no more crying and pain and hurt and sorrow in anybody's life. So anyways... No, no, that's fantastic. Yeah, so so there are a lot of unmet expectations, and there is a lot of hurt and pain, and it's okay to feel those things, but there's something about the Lord really being your lordship really being the authority, really being the one that guides you, that there are some times where it doesn't seem as fun. You know, mm-hmm. sin is fun for a time, 
It is like why would why would we do it if it didn't bring some sort of fun to level to us? But it 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 only lasts for a little bit, and it never brings us to places that we want it. I mean, how often do we just do what we want? Like the whole idea of hey, live your life however you want, and it'll make you happy. That's BS. Like if you really yeah. think about it, we Generation Z is the most. And I know I'm talking a lot. I'm sorry, but Generation Z. It's cool. I, I am here, folks. Still, yeah, Ben's still here. But Generation Z is the most anxious. What age range? Is uh, they are below twenty-four. Um, something, something like that. They okay. were freshmen in college. I think two years ago, two or three okay. years ago. So yeah, probably twenty-four to sixteen, Some, somewhere out there. Um. They are the most anxious, depressed, suicidal, worried generation that has ever been. Mm. If the American dream, if getting everything that you could want was really satisfying us, if, if um, you know, making more money was really satisfying us, if living in one of the most, like, I mean, this is one of the best countries in the world by just life standards. If, if being happy by your standards was really fulfilling us, then why are we at this point? And right. and it should make you stop and think that maybe us doing whatever we want, however we want, really isn't bringing joy and peace in life. And so God isn't trying to withhold from us. He's actually trying to give us true life. Absolutely. And so we should want to submit to that saying, yeah, this may not be exactly what I thought or what I would want or the way I think about it, but... I want to trust in this God. No, I I, I agree with you. I have two stories, though, real quick. Talking about your Bring grandparent. It. Yeah. Uh, I was on a confirmation retreat with some middle schoolers. Confirmation, you know, it's the Methodist church, Catholic churches, they all do this confirmation program. And this middle school girl, I think now she's in high school, but we were doing this prayer class, and she had, like, made mm-hmm. these bracelets and, like, the different beads on the bracelet, like, represented a different thing to pray for. And one of them was, like, you know, family. And she, like, went up, and she was like, Ben, I uh, my grandmother passed away, and it's been very, very painful. Mm-hmm. This is, like, a seventh grader. Uh, and I've been praying for her to heal and to not be in pain anymore. And she said, and I think I realized that the way that she could heal and not be in pain anymore is not to be on this earth anymore. Instead, be with God. And it was like the most profound thing I've ever heard. And this middle schooler's look at me. And like two minutes later, she's over there playing dodgeball, you know, goofing around, being like a kid, you know. Yeah. Got candy, you know, drinking slushies or whatever. But it was just like, it was just a really beautiful moment of like realizing like, like, yeah, it's painful because we want to hold on to that relationship, yeah. but they're in a they're in a better place. Uh, but when you talk about depression or you talk about, you know, the society that mm-hmm. we're in right now with that generation, I will say I think this should anybody who's listening to this, I bet at some point has dealt with depression or uh, grief or situational depression, you know, where like you're just kind of in the thick of things. Mm-hmm. You feel this weight of like, am I going to get out of this situation that's pretty difficult, whether it's a breakup or financial issues or family issues, whatever it may be. And the other day I went to this class held by Reverend Stephen Walter. Shout out to Stephen, who's a listener of the podcast. And he held this, He's a. he used to be a, an elder in the conference, mm-hmm. but now he's a full-time counselor. And his, his little counseling held this session to talk about uh, suicide awareness, mm-hmm. but also like pick up on signs of depression and other things. Yeah. And it, it was super inspiring, super inspiring. We don't talk about it enough. It's kind of like a taboo topic. You know, don't talk yeah. about it, don't talk about it. You know, if someone commits suicide... We'll like, talk about it for like that day or two afterwards or you know a couple of weeks, and then it just goes back down to quiet yeah. until something else happens. Uh, is it okay if I share this with you? Yeah. In the audience, I, I put this on my student ministry Instagram, and I put it on my personal one before I, I deleted my personal Instagram. I still have GWB, but I posted this, 
And I've been kind of, it's kind of a God moment because I've been saying this for a while, mm-hmm. the last probably six months to a year. And I don't really know why. I mean, I kind of know why, but like it was really affirmed. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, I've been, I feel like I've been really attacked this last couple of weeks, month or so. Stress of I'm in school, I have a job, yeah. you know, I have all these things, you know, trying to get, a, you know, relationships, yeah. all that. And this, you know, whole depression thing. So I typed this up and I posted it on social media and it got a lot of really positive feedback. So I thought I would share it because I kind of feel like yeah. it fits into the seasons that we're talking about. Maybe you're in a season of difficultness. It's, uh, I debated, this is how it says. I debated how to say this, but here it goes. One, you are loved. Two, you are valued. Three, you are known. I have and still do struggle with mental health, and people I really, really care about have struggled and still struggle as well. Everyone is fighting a battle, so be kind to one another, forgiving to one another, and listen to one another. Mm -hmm. Remind those who you care about that you are thinking about them and they are not alone. If you ever need to talk or having suicidal thoughts, please reach out to me or someone you trust. Love you, heart, heart, heart. And so I've been. I said that when I spoke at Wesley too. Not the whole thing, but you are loved, you are valued, and you are known. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of those things that, like, when we're in a difficult season, we're trying to, you know, let God be the lordship, and we're submitting to Him. It's like you know why you should submit and let God be the Lord because He loves you. He values you, and you're known by Him. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes we feel like we're by ourselves, that we have to we have to redeem ourselves to a certain status before we then go to God. You yeah. know, like, like, God, I'm a piece of crap right now. I'm, I don't have my ish together. Let me figure it out. Let me get back into a kind of a normalness, and then I'll go, hey, God, I love you. Yeah. Here I am. And God's like, I want you at your worst so I can be with you when you're at your best, you know, and he wants to be there at your best in case you fall down, you know, whatever it may be. And there's that, there's that level of God wants to transform you into the likeness of Jesus. Yes. That sometimes when we think we have it all together, we become like the Pharisees where we think that my own righteousness, the work righteousness is what makes me good and there's, and, and what makes me loved. But then when we fall or we fail, then we feel like we got to get back, like we got to earn it back. And it's not that way at all. And the thing that I love about uh, our Christian God is that the way that, you know, talking about seasons, especially when people, when it, you know, stuff's going hard and all this, is that I used to think, uh, you know, when I was younger, it was kind of like, why do you need the church? Like, you don't, you don't need a, a body of people. This is just between me and God. The cool thing about, and what Jesus shares throughout the Gospels and what God has been doing, it's not, it doesn't stop with, oh, I'm good with God. We want to share, and I'm not saying stand on the street corner, everybody needs to stand on the street corner and just hold up John 3.16 signs and preach at people. What I'm saying is it, it makes us interact. So, just like you said, you are known, you are loved, or you are, uh, you are loved, you are valued, valued and you, you are, are known. known, is that it doesn't just stay with... When we submit to the Lordship of God, we realize that what's God's ultimate plan? What does it say in Scripture? Is that He wants everyone to know Him. When we understand that for ourselves, when we submit to the Lordship, God also asks to do that for others. So, uh, what, like... When people are crapping on us, what does right. God tell us to do? Love your enemies, right? As as I love you, well, like I, yeah. it, it goes out from us to others to where when people are struggling, what do we do? We struggle with them. We have mm-hmm. compassion. We care for them, and that's hard because it's like the normal thing is to either seek revenge or you crap on me. I'm a crap on you, but that's the thing is that is that as we start submitting to the lordship is that it doesn't just stay between me and God. Yes. It can never... That's that's not Christianity. In fact, I would say, and I'm not saying you have to go to a certain church, but if you don't have community as a mm-hmm. believer, that's not Christianity. Well, Like, and, that's not what Jesus set up. That's not what God intended for. 
And, and James, so it goes out to other people. Well, in James chapter 2, it says, you will fulfill the royal law, which is to love thy neighbor. And so as much as you're recognizing with God in your relationship that you are loved, you are valued, and you're known, yeah. you have to go do that for other people. Let them know that they are also loved, and they are known, and they are valued by God as well. Like it's not it's that vertical relationship but it's also a horizontal relationship. Oh yeah, and it's uh, not like it's critical. Okay, God God wants God does love me and God doesn't want me to God hurts with me and God Well, God does that with other people too and so we give that to other people. It doesn't just stay with us. It can't just stay with us. That's not our God is for his creation. Right. And every person has value. Every person is known and every mm-hmm. person is loved, even when they are your enemy. I mean, what does Jesus say multiple times? What are all the laws and prophets? What is it? What is the gospel summed up? Love God with everything. Let God be your Lord. Love him with everything. And then love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus paints beautiful pictures over and over again. Well, what's your neighbor? Well, what's this? It's not just the people that look like us. It's not just the people that Who it's act the people. Like it, it's or... the people that can piss you off sometimes, or that mm-hmm. say some horrible things about. Like we have to submit to the lordship in saying, okay, the normal way to to go about this is I don't gel with this person, or this person craps on me, so I'm going to crap on them. No, it it's it's you it's know what I'm mercy. going I'm going yeah. to love them. And I'm going to, and we can't do that on our own. This is the beautiful thing, is that our Christianity is so much different than anything else. Buddhism, uh, it's about you achieving your state of enlightenment, becoming uh, like Buddha, and becoming like you can achieve it yourself. You just, you got to work harder at it. Uh, uh, Muslims, uh, there is no assurance in the, in uh, Allah, the gospel, nothing, there is nothing, Muhammad, no, it's about what Mo, uh, Allah sees, it's about, that's why, like, people are always praying, like, I hope what I'm doing, Allah sees this, and it will be good enough for me to get into heaven, or paradise, or whatever, uh, Hinduism's a little interesting, you know, you got, I mean, it's, multiple gods. there's, there's a whole yeah. bunch going on there, you got uh, Sikh, Sikh are interesting people. They don't. They just kind of really. They're they're kind of like Hindu. All all roads kind of lead to one God. Um, but Jesus Christ is the it, God. The Christian God is the only God that has compassion upon its people and says they can't do it. I will for them for me to be with, a compassionate, merciful, loving God. And when that like weighs in with you and 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 if you if you believe in that man that changes everything and it changes the way you look at seasons it changes the way you go about seasons it changes the way that you allow god to be the lord of your life not just for you but it goes out into mm-hmm. other people so the way we respond to things with oh there's cancel culture i'm a hate on people i'm going to do that no, it responds with, I'm going to have love, grace, and mercy. Now, that doesn't mean that we withhold truth, and it doesn't mean that we have moral standards and that we live by those, but that's not because those things get us into heaven or we become right. better people. No, it's because it actually brings abundant life. Well, because I, and there's been some times where, like I said in the last couple of months, where I could absolutely snap back or or say something back, or yeah. like, go, well, you didn't know what they said this, or they said that. And I go, I take a second, and I go, I don't want to do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to cause hurt, or speak untruths, or, you know, do something that would just adds fuel to a fire. You know, like, how do you put out the, you know, the fire, or put gasoline on it? Like, no, that's not how you do it. And so I've been, I will defend myself, and say, you know, I believe that is not true, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I don't want to add to it. I'm not then going and let me take it a personal attack on them. And I think at the end of the day, that will show not just like my character or, or who I believe in, but also I think that shows into anyone who's going through something is like, you don't have to compromise your values. Like, it's going to be tough to love people and love your neighbor, especially if it's someone who has... I don't know, 
been in trifle with you or been in, in a in a tough situation with you. But to also kind of branch off that, you talked about. Uh, well, and taking it a step further, just yeah. real quick, is that you want them to know that they are loved and they are cherished. It's mm-hmm. not just I don't want to add hurt to their life. It's like no, they have value, and Absolutely. they are they are a loved being, and and they deserve as much. You could say deserve as much of the love and grace of God our Father and be in heaven worshiping my Father side by side with all nations in eternity screaming hallelujah to the Lord of or to the Lord and God that they deserve that too and so it makes you respond different and here's the thing the fruit of the spirits you know it's really easy to go okay well then I need to be more loving I need to try again we step back and say no 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 I'm going to submit to the Lord and let the Holy Spirit produce those fruits in me, because mm-hmm. I can't do it myself. Our natural human state is not to be loving and forgiving and merciful and gracious right. and and truthful and uh, holding on to that. That is not our, well, our natural and it's, state. And it's God's love. The fruit of the spirit is God's love, God's joy. You know, God's you know all those things shining through us. It's not our love. because that's who God is. Yeah. You know, uh, and that, and and when we can submit to the lordship, we allow for the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to transform our lives mm-hmm. into the likeness of Him. That those things, a lot of people, I think, a lot of the people that um, I heard somewhere, I forget where it was, that they were talking about the people that are like humble, the people that are um, are some of the wisest, the people that love the best, all this are people that don't know that they do it. Mm. They're not the people that are out there like, oh yeah, I, I love so or, uh, I've got this God thing down on pack. No, no, it's the people that have really just submitted to letting the Lord transform their lives that they don't even realize a lot of times. Like, oh my gosh, like you love people. That's where like the people that there are people in your lives. I'm sure that you're like, man, they love people so well. And a lot of them don't even know it. It's just a natural thing that goes through them. But it's not natural in the sense of like, oh, they're just that way. It's because I believe that the Holy Spirit has been working on their lives and that out of the, it can't just sit with them. It, it goes out into the world. Mm-hmm. No, Anyways. absolutely. Well, and Christianity, you're talking about this earlier, is the only major religion where you can't earn it and you don't deserve it, but it's freely given to you. Um, through Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And I think this is powerful, and it's freeing, and it's awesome. And as we we have to kind of wrap up this episode. Yeah. But final thoughts, words of wisdom. You know, we always end it with that. Uh, I feel like we've said a lot of really good stuff today. But do you have any, like, final thing? My final thought, word of wisdom, especially when you're going through seasons that are tough. Again, because just because you believe in Jesus doesn't mean there's not really tough seasons mm-hmm. and doesn't mean that things are always going to make sense and doesn't make it easy. Absolutely. But I will always say that it's always darkest before the dawn. Mm-hmm. The dawn will come. And and even though you may be struggling, there are people out there that love you. Like you said, you are valued, you are known, and you are loved. Um, I think that's what she said. Uh, yeah. But that... Even when it feels so dark and heavy, just remember that it's always the darkest before the dawn. Which is which is really cool because there's a song where it's like, and the joy comes in the morning. Uh, it's like a worship song. Oh you know yeah, that's about? a new one that just came out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, uh, <laughs> it's made by me. It's really good. <laughs> Anyways, I I always thought that was kind of like I was like, all right, joy comes in the morning. Like I never really like. I didn't know what that meant, and I was reading this thing. It had like a dual purpose. I had to go look at the worship song because I don't know what it is. But it was like one of the reasons is uh, when Mary went to the tomb, and it was like empty. It was like in the morning, and it was like joy mm-hmm. comes in the morning because like he rose again. But the second part that it talked about was a lot of times when we are feeling alone or we feel isolated or we have – uh, thoughts of of hurting ourselves yeah. or, or depression or suicide or just do, am I going to be anything in my life? Am I just wasting it? It really comes at nighttime when we're by ourselves and we're yeah. alone. And it talked about if we can just get through that darkest moment, that night of, of sorrow, of crying ourselves to sleep or whatever it may be, and we wake up 
to a new day. There's going to be joy in that morning. Yeah. Um, and I always thought that was really powerful. Well, and it's kind of like, you know, just real quick, but I don't know how many people have ever uh, been camping on this podcast. But if you've ever been camping, if you'll ever wake up about 30, 45 minutes, maybe an hour before the sun, what's really interesting, like right before you go to bed or late at night, you'll hear the crickets. You'll hear stuff going on. You might hear an owl. There will be things right screaming here right now. But a lot of times, right before the sun comes up, 30 minutes to an hour, it is deathly quiet. Mm. There's nothing. Like the crickets aren't, aren't croaking or whatever they're doing. There's no, there's no sounds. And it's very eerie because it feels so alone and it feels so like just, it, it's, it's creepy how just deathly silent it is. But then the sun starts rising and you hear the birds chirping and you see the dew on the ground and you see life start moving and doing all that. That there are moments in our lives where we feel so alone and like, is God even listening? Even as Christians, there are moments in our lives where it's like, is there even a God? Like, what is going on? I feel so desperate and so alone. But I'm here to tell you, and it's not my words, but it's scripture words, that God it hears us. And God is with us, even in the moments where we feel so desperately alone, and that there will, like, there will be joy in the morning, and that it is always the darkest before the dawn, and it will move forward. Absolutely. Uh, we appreciate y'all listening. Uh, if you don't know this, I'll say it one more time. You are loved, you are valued, and you are known. And uh, Nathan, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, we love you. Follow us on Apple. Uh, give us a five-star rating, rise review. We really appreciate it. We're on Instagram. And uh, if you ever need anything, know that you can message us on GWB. I'll tell Nathan if you want to talk to him. I'll get you all connected. Uh, but, yeah, we just want you to know that you're loved, you're valued, and you're known. And thank you to listening for, to the Great White Buffalo Podcast. Wandering through the great plains of life, things move fast, sometimes a blur. Don't you let this bumpy road separate you from the herd. When you think the day is done, the sun is getting low. We're all looking for something rare, the great white buffalo, the great white buffalo. Podcast with Ben Mayfield.